Section 33 of Uncollected Short Stories of L. M. Montgomery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Uncollected Short Stories of L. M. Montgomery by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Chapter 33 The Ghost at Brixley's. To shame the way Alf Logan and all those corner-town road boys persecute Liege Fondy, said Frank Sheraton as he sat down on the back porch steps beside his cousin Fred. I was down at the blacksmith's forge this evening, and Alf was there with a crowd of his satellites, bullying and bragging as usual. Liege came along, and they guyed him in every way they could. He feels so badly over it, too. He almost cried today. Alf jeered at him, and the other boys laughed and applauded. I told Alf it was a shame, but I was only one against a dozen. Leash was on his way to the brook for a pail of water, and on his return Tom Clark pretended to run into him and tripped him up. The water was all spilled, and it was no easy job for Leash with his weak back to carry it up that hill. I carried the second one for him, and the corner town bullies didn't dare molest me. The rest of the boys wouldn't be so bad if it were not for Alf Logan. He has a kind of chieftainship over them. What with his bluster and his boasting, they think him a regular hero and follow his example in everything. I believe Alf Logan is really a bigger coward than Liege Vondy, said Fred indignantly. Of course he is. Do you suppose a boy who wasn't a coward would take pleasure in tormenting a poor, simple chap like Liege? Alf likes to bully boys who can't defend themselves, but he is very careful to keep clear of those who can. I'd like to take him down a little. If we could only make him ridiculous in the eyes of his admirers, it would destroy his influence over them, and perhaps they would then leave Liege in peace. Liege Fondy was a simple-minded fellow of about eighteen. He lived with his widowed mother in a little house at the fork of the corner town in Jersey Roads. Liege was weak physically and mentally. Normally he was harmless and inoffensive, but was very angry if laughed at. About a week after the conversation recorded above, Frank came to Fred with another story concerning both Alf and Liege. We had some fun at the forge today, Fred. I took Bonnie Bell down to be shod, and while I was waiting my turn, Liege came shambling along and began to spin a yarn. You know that tumble-down old shanty in the hollow of the Jersey Road, where the Brixleys used to live? Folks says it is haunted. Goodness knows by what, for I'm sure the Brixleys were harmless and peaceable enough, though mortally lazy. But that is the story, and lots of folks hereabouts give that house a wide berth after dark. Well, it appears that Liege was passing at about nine o'clock last night, and just as he got opposite the door, a great tall white figure popped out and flew at him. I suppose he really didn't see something strange. Liege doesn't make up things like that. A white cow or a sheep or perhaps an owl or even an old newspaper in the wind. But anyway, he took to his heels and ran for dear life, with a ghost chasing him, so he averes as far as Stanley's Hill, where it suddenly disappeared. Liege reeled all this rigmarole off in his own peculiar fashion, and dilated on the scare he had had quite proudly. Of course, the boys hooted him. They 
pretended they didn't believe a word and badgered him until he got mad alf logan had the most to say as usual he didn't believe in ghosts not he and if he were to meet one he wouldn't be scared not much he'd march right up and ask what it wanted liege is simple witted but he has gleams of sense now and then he spoke right up and told alf logan that he wouldn't go past the old brixley house himself after dark alf said he'd just as soon go past it or through it for that matter on the darkest night that ever was is not then liege dared him to do it i couldn't help chuckling alf looked so flat but he couldn't back out after all his bragging especially when the men around plaudit liege course i'll go he said loftily don't some of you fellows want to come too for the fun of it i thought that a pretty bare-faced dodge to get company but the rest let it pass most of the boys hung back but tom clark ned and jim bowley and chad morrison said they would go chad is a bit jealous of alf and he'll see that there is no shirking they are to go to-morrow night if it is fine what are you laughing at fred i've just thought of something said fred the following night was just such a one as a ghost if at all particular in his choice of scenic effects would have scheduled to walk abroad in it was cloudy but a full moon behind the clouds gave a weird dim light and a chilly east wind moaned and shivered among the trees alf logan and his cronies walking up the jersey road shivered too there isn't any such thing as a ghost anyway said tom clark breaking a disagreeable silence of course there's not said alf loftily nobody believes in them nowadays except fools then what was it that liege saw whispered ned bowley nervously liege be scared of his shadow growled alf i don't believe he saw anything at all i think he was just yarning supposing we do see something suggested chad morrison what will you do alf you heard me say what i'd do didn't you retorted alf angrily shut up your talk about ghosts you'll scare yourselves and be sneaking off and leaving me first thing the other boys resented this slur upon their courage and relapsed into sulky silence as they neared the dreaded hollow dark and mysterious in the shadow of the firs that surrounded it they drew closer together the old brixley house had almost fallen into ruins doors and windows were gone and the walls were decayed and shaky with hesitating steps alf and his comrades shuffled through the weeds in the yard and reached the door well ain't you going in asked chad rather tauntingly as alf paused yes i am said alf desperately come on you fellows what's here to be scared of they stumbled in the small room was quiet and dark something scurried overhead a rat or squirrel the sound made alf break out into a cold perspiration no ghost yet boys he said but his voice trembled you've got to go through all the rooms you know said the merciless chad there's a bedroom off this and there's the loft that was the bargain with a forlorn attempt at a whistle alf started across the creaking floor he had almost reached the inner room when a dreadful thing happened in the empty doorway appeared a tall white figure whose head reached to the ceiling huge shadowy wings flapped and waved about while apparently in the middle of this terrible apparition was a flaming face with hollow cavernous eyes at the same moment a wail of the most 
discordant agony that ever fell on human ears resounded through the house with a yell of terror alf logan wheeled about and made a blind dash for the entrance followed by his comrades across the yard over the hollow and up the hill they flew with frantic speed never daring to glance behind although the dismal wail still followed them on the wind when the last echo of their flying feet had died away the ghost burst into a shout of very human laughter and proceeded to divest himself of the pillowcase stuffed with shavings which surmounted his head come here fred and unpin a fellow he called i'll never get these sheets off by myself fred popped up out of the inner room and laid an old fiddle down on the window ledge did you ever see such a complete rout he laughed how they did run they're running yet i bet said frank with a grin as fred unpinned the sheets from his shoulders that dreadful noise you made on the fiddle scared them worse than i did alf will never hear the last of this and he'll leave liege fondy alone for a spell or i'm much mistaken there that will do the phosphorus will have to stay on my face until i get home now let's go if alf logan cherished any hope that his ghostly adventure might yet remain a secret that hope was dispelled when he went to the forge next day he was greeted with derisive laughter and shouts from the men and boys while liege fondy for once was able to turn the tables on his old enemy chad morrison who had not made any pretensions to valor in the matter and so did not mind owing to a scare had told the whole story to make matters worse the truth soon leaked out and alf had not even the sorry compensation of believing that he had seen a real ghost alf logan's homemade ghost passed into a mocking byword along the corner town road and alf's supremacy over the boys was gone forever since he had shown himself to be a braggart and a coward liege fondy was henceforth left in peace and as frank said to fred our grand ghost act was a decided success wasn't it old fellow End of section 33